cool. Okay, so we're good to go. So I'll just uh, said I'll do a I'll do a wee intro, introduce the three of us. We'll talk about the the year that's been the the state of the flock address, I suppose, um, and then we'll, we'll we'll dive into the list. Okay. All, all sounds very very good and well prepared and professional. <laughs> Get a game face on, right? Okay. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> right, mate, that's it. That's it started. He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly go and stop him? Give him a large brandy. Off him down. No, this, this really is beyond a joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is, uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Have you seen a worse golf shot? No, to answer the question. It's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad. Hello, everybody, uh, and welcome back. Welcome along to the long-awaited and kind of a little bit anticipated by some people, return of the RACDG podcast, the podcast made by the RACDG for the members of the RACDG. My name is Gary Henderson and I'm joined as always by the president of this year's society, Mr Crawford Anderson, Dylan Crawford. How are we this fine evening? Um, I'm fine. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything. I got told off for talking too much the last time, so I might just 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 sit here in quiet, dignified silence just to keep everyone we're, happy. We're here to please the people, Crawford. And I don't <laughs> Only think to anything what we do. would please the people more uh, than if you followed through in that promise. Uh, Rob <laughs> isn't <laughs> with us at the moment, but we are uh, joined this week, and it's really the kind of main reason for uh, the return of the podcast this week, at least by... Oh, right, how is I going to do it again? By denial. Um, no. <laughs> by denial. Da- Daniel Nakvi. Daniel Nakvi. Was that good? Or, was that that was kind of close? Yeah, right? perfect. All right. Welcome along. Welcome along, Daniel. Um, yeah. First of all, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no. Really excited absolute, to get into this. An absolute pleasure, and uh, I'll be telling everybody exactly what we're going to be getting into in the next couple of minutes. But he thinks it's a pleasure now, Gary. Give him half an hour. We'll see you. Oh no, look. He's already made a better start than Kenny ever did, so we're we're already kind of we're already one up on the last episode, the episode that caused uh, the nine month hiatus of the podcast. Um, so for any new people listening to the podcast, I'm sure there might be one, two, or three of you out there. Welcome along. It's really nice having you along and listening. Uh, my name's Gary. As I said, uh, I'm the I suppose the vice captain this year. I'm very, very active in most of the WhatsApp groups. You probably uh, know who I am. Crawford, want to give everybody a little kind of, I was going to say a taste and flavour of how you are, but that's that's opening a very, very horrible door. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Crawford. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so um, I started the group um, like three and a bit years ago now. Um, and uh, <laughs> as I said, oftentimes, I, I'm one of those people that has loads of crazy ideas and big harebrained schemes constantly. And for 42 years of my life, all of those have turned to absolute dust in my hands. And then I come up with this one and I don't know where it's become really popular and everyone really enjoys it. So um, I'm very proud of it, but um, it's not that it's it's not mine and it's not, uh, it's not because of me. It's because of all the people who got involved who actually 
put the time and the effort into making it a fun group that we all enjoy. Um, and then I was a captain for the first year and then handed over to Granny last year. So um, yeah, it's been fun. Was that not a wonderful humble brag by Cad there? You know, I started this, I built all this shit up from the ground. It's not mine, it's, it's all the little people that make it work. But, uh... <laughs> I've been taking lessons, Gary. Yeah. How <laughs> to win humble. friends and influence people. Humble. So humble. And uh, Daniel, you're a, a relatively new member of the flock. So let's kind of peel the curtain back a little bit on yourself, who you are, and why you're joining us today, then the, the real kind of topic of today's session. Yeah, so I joined the flock in July after meeting uh, this year's captain, uh, Matt Wabe, um, at the Gogs Trophy, where we were abandoned by our third player. So I had to endure 36 holes with Matt, which was great fun. And he kept telling me about this, uh, all these trips that he was going on. And I thought he was talking about a missus or a partner. And it just happened to be a bunch of 200 lads that he was playing golf with. All the time. <laughs> so, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. And so I joined, joined the group. <laughs> and um, yeah, don't, didn't look back since. And I, I'm kind of quite like CAD in, in, and I'll be very specific in how I'm like CAD in the fact of the kind of harebrained ideas uh, kind of get knee deep into stuff that probably ultimately doesn't matter for a lot but kind of it excites and interests me to the level where I produce this kind of crazy top 100 list which hopefully we'll be talking a little bit more about today. Yeah and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today it's the flop top 100 over the past couple of weeks if you're in any of our whatsapp chats you've probably seen Daniel badgering uh, at you and everybody else to get in your flop top 100 list he's been asking everybody for their top 20 uh, golf courses specifically uh, with the idea of putting together this top 100 list. It's not a top 100 golf courses in the UK list. It's not based on uh, the golf course or any of your other uh, kind of normal metrics for your top 100 list. This is all about you guys and what courses you've played, what you've loved, what you've enjoyed uh, and where you want to go back to. So we're going to be running through that top 100 today, revealing the top 20 and obviously the very, very exciting number one spot of the flock's favourite golf course. And I cannot bloody wait to get through it all. But what we'll do before we get into that, Cad? And it be Cleve. It's Cleve. Clearly, surely it's Cleve. Isn't it Cleve? <laughs> the unofficial home uh, of the RACDG. But what we'll do before we dive into that, Cad, it's been nine months or so uh, since we've spoken to the dozens and dozens uh, of fans of this podcast What's been happening? How's your year been? Uh, uh, shit. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I got to a point. Well, I've played over hundred and five rounds of golf this year, and I played fifty-one, no, fifteen, yeah, fifty-one new golf courses that I've never played before in nine months, which is a fair old stretch. When I say so myself, over hundred and five is a very specific number. That was like, you ever watched that Alan Partridge quote? <laughs> well, I've no, got, it's... I've got hundred and four friends. <laughs> <laughs> I've played it over No, it's because times. I, I use that whole 19 thing for GPS. So it it tells me how many courses, like how many times it's been used in the year. So I know it's on 105, but I also know that there was one or two times that I played and I didn't use it because the battery had run out. So I know it's just a little over 105. But I played 91 new courses, which sounds great. And I had a great time, but my, but my golf has been terrible. Um, so your goals at the start of the year, if I remember, was the main one was to break 80. How did we get on? I lipped out for a 79 once. Did you? Yeah. Where? New Zealand club. And it was in it was in the final of a competition that I play with with Fergus Gilmore. He's in the group. And um 
I think I was five over after 15 and I got 20 shots on that on that golf course. So we, we annihilated them like six and five. It was just a total one. They were pouring holes and then I was pouring everyone and getting net birdie and like seven holes in a row. And uh, they weren't happy at all, but they they were they were complaining about it in lunch afterwards. And then I showed them my WHS. And at that stage, I had put in 42 scores into WHS since the start of April. So if they couldn't complain about it, but I I got I, I got so fed up with WHS because I it added four shots to my handicap. I went from 14 to 18 from April to uh, begin end of July. And I got so fed up with it. I just I can't. I was it was I was crying. Like I wanted to just give up. I, I was fed up with the whole thing. And then I took a week off and I went up to play um, with uh, Mark Manty, Manty up at um, uh, Royal Burlington. And I said to him, I don't want a scorecard. I just want to go out. I just want to hit golf balls. I want to go find it. I just want to hit shots and just have fun and forget about scoring. And that saved me. I, I enjoyed, I had a really fun 18 holes of him there. And we were just hitting golf shots. And I did that for like a month, the month of August. Didn't have a scorecard for the month of August and then got back into it again in September. And it was fine. But yes, it's, it's, I've had a really fun year of playing a lot of really great golf um, or golf courses, but I haven't played much great golf. <laughs> I've been terrible. And specific to what about yourself, Well, do you know what? My my goals for the year was to break par once, uh, and I didn't do it. Uh, I think I shot level par five or six times, so it's very very clearly a, a complete mental block. Um, and it was to keep playing to what my starting handicap of the year was, which was two point eight. Uh, the world handicap system when it came in dropped me from six down to 2.8 which I had no right of being and I wanted to have a right of being there uh, by the end of the year and we got there in 2.9 at the moment so we're kind of there or thereabouts so I had a pretty good year but um, the main thing golf-wise I enjoyed about the year was all of the flock events and all the meetups and all of the majors uh, and all that sort of thing so for maybe somebody that's pretty new to the group, Crawford, or that hasn't experienced that before, let's just take a, a quick look back through 2021 in terms of the flock majors, the events, uh, highlights, lowlights, and that sort of thing. So you've probably got a better memory on these than me because you were at them all. Who was our kind of four major winners, locations, and, and some of the other notables through the year? Okay, so uh, so anyone who hasn't been in very long, we do four majors, uh, which are all 36-hole competitions, all of them will take place over two days, apart from one, the one in the middle of the summer, the Kaluna, which is in one day. Um, and then we have a couple of other kind of established one day, 18 hole competitions and then a bunch of casual golf as well. So the first major this year was supposed to be in St. Andrews in April, but we had to, to, to cancel that and push it because um, it was COVID and nobody could go. Uh, and then we kind of came up with a lot. We were supposed to be doing a thing. So the guy in the group called Jeff, who's from... Um, uh, South Shields, he up on the northeast northeast coast, he organises every year this little thing called the King of the Castle, which is a, a little weekend away playing some of the golf courses up along, along the Northumberland coast. And we were due to play that in June. And then uh, we kind of decided, Grandly and I kind of got on hold of Jeff and said, Look, Jeff, why don't we turn the King of the King of the Castle into the Mackenzie for this year. So at least we have the Mackenzie. We'll have played it in a proper sort of 36-hole event. So that's what we did. We did when we played down Gozik, uh, which is North Berwick Golf Club, known as Gozik, uh, just south of Berwick, and then uh, Bamburgh Castle, just south of there. And it was unbelievable. I'd never been up there before. It's one of those, it's a classic flock place of, you know, a golf course in the middle of nowhere that, that 90% of golfers have never heard of. 
there's a couple of nerds like us that will have noticed it on lists and I'll kind of in you know magazine articles and things that will we kind of thought oh, I would love to go there at some point when I've played all the other bigger places I'll try and go to Gosling and Bamber Castle and so we all went to Gosling and Bamber Castle and uh like I I'm going to go there every year the golf is amazing it's really cheap it was really fun the the, the scenery up there is just magnificent like you kind of think of the northeast as you know, grey Newcastle and industrial kind of wasteland. Um, looks like, you know, it's uh, been taken out by a thermonuclear device in the last 50 years. That's when you can, I think, of the northeast. Couldn't be farther from the truth. It's fucking gorgeous up north of, north of uh, Newcastle. And um, been a really good time. A bunch of us played Seaton Carew. Jeff got us on there for 20 quid to play Seaton Carew the day before, which is which was a fantastically fun, beautiful golf course. Then we played Gosick. And uh, and I, I did my usual thing of going out on a heater for the first six holes, and I was like, you know, ridiculously low. I was like one over gross or something, and then had a total meltdown. No, really? <laughs> yes, it happens a lot. Gossip um, was, I'd say, Gossip was my favourite surprise of the entire year. Played yeah, quite a few really good too. courses, but Gossip, I'd never heard of it, and we turned up there. It's a really good front nine. Don't get me get me wrong in the front nine, but when you turn it in that back nine. Very, very similar to North Berwick, the, the North Berwick West Links course, uh, in terms of how quirky it is, how fun it is. I was playing with uh, this year's captain, Matt Waybata, and he spent the most of the front end telling me how he didn't like Lynx golf, couldn't get any Lynx golf, didn't really understand it, didn't enjoy it. Uh, and I think on the 13th hole, there's maybe a kind of 10, 20 foot slope on the right hand side of the green, and it's just a sheer drop slope. And he's fanned his approach shot out to the right. And it's hit that slope and rolled all the way down, bumps and runs and angles and width and everything like that up to about three feet. And he just turned around to me with all the glee of a five-year-old on Christmas morning and just said, Gary, I think I get it now. I think I get Lynx golf. <laughs> and it was just the utter joy that was coming out of the man on that day. And the whole um, after that, 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 that crazy little par three, this in a massive bowl that yep. just kind of hit down into a bowl. It's just, it was such a fun golf course. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm really looking anyway, forward to... We're going back again. So there's another King of the Castle in June this year. So I'm going yeah, back and we'll, to do that again. Uh, what we'll do is next week, when we come back next week, hopefully for another podcast, we'll run through the 2022 diary in depth. Um, so everybody knows exactly what's coming up and where they can go to find some more information. But let's fire through these next three majors and then we'll yeah, talk so, a little so bit very, about... The very quickly, we, we can't deny Ross his moment of glory. Uh, uh, and to say that Russ... Uh, won the Mackenzie Cup, so he is the uh, the Mackenzie uh, champion of the year. There's no chance um, of him knowing what a podcast is, so that's the only thing. So I'm doing it to send him this by he's, Telegram or he's, carrier He's pigeon. far too old. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> we we can send it by fucking horse. <laughs> okay, so what was next with um, the Kaluna? Yeah, it's the Kaluna Cup. So the Kaluna is done in July, uh, which means that we have enough daylight to get 100 people around, you know, to run the course twice. So uh, 36 holes, we did it last year at Sunningdale. This year we did it at the Berkshire, both the red and the blue. Um, and uh, most of us started on the red, did the blue in the morning. The course was in just ridiculous... I've played there before and it's always been lovely, but it was in just ridiculously good condition this time. Um, and uh, who, but it, was one one? The, it was one of those days, sorry, uh, quickly in... Um, uh, Chris Madison uh, won that. He had a really good round. And he was... You know, there were some decent scores that day. It was a, one of those beautiful days. Um, and I had a, the, where like it was, it was 34 degrees in the afternoon. And a lot of us began to, to fade in the afternoon. In fact, I say it was a 36 hole um, competition, but for one people, one person it was only 27. Shout hours. out, 
a shout out Martin Yardley who actually <laughs> perished. <laughs> he perished after 27 holes. He had to go sit in his car the aircon because he thought he was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> big, big, big shout um, out. Yeah, and uh, and I had a, I had a fun day as well because um, Mr. Hislop's um, parents and all lived on the street from out on the road for me, so I picked up um, uh, Kenny in the morning early, just as the sun was coming up, and the two of us drove down to the Berkshire. We had a good old chat about putting the world to rights, and then uh, we, we both played. Um, and then I drove him back again in his white trousers or his white shorts in the afternoon. Going to say, say white trousers in the morning, seeing you white pe- shorts in the afternoon. Seeing there, you picked up Kenny. Sounds like an STD you've got somewhere. <laughs> And then next I up was the... an STD would be really easier to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God almighty. And uh, the cock of the... Speaking of STDs, the cock of the North. <laughs> seamless, guys. So, uh, the cock of the North, I'll do this one, Cad. We went to Allwood Lane, Moortown, down in Leeds. It was the same weekend as the Leeds weekend, and we could hear uh, an ABBA That's tribute right. band playing from Allwood the actual golf course, which was incredible. Um, but Allwood Lane, Moortown, which are both two wonderful, wonderful, both Mackenzie courses, yeah, both Mackenzie yeah. courses. Uh, Moortown hosted the 1929 Ryder Cup. Allwood Lane was, was Mackenzie's first course, Moortown's the second. Both outstanding courses, did not expect them uh, to be as good as they did, did not see Leeds as a hotbed of golf. Um, and then in, in between the two rounds, we had a great night in the Village Hotel. Uh, shout out and RIP uh, our Welsh compatriot, what's the boy's name again? Lucas. Lucas. Um, yeah, he's he's apparently still in the, Welsh, in the Welsh group, but just not in the main group. So yeah, he, he, yeah he, he got us he got us discounts in the hotel and then disappeared and didn't come. <laughs> and then we got, uh, in the hotel, we had the... Function room to ourselves. We had 40 odd of us all set out in tables, dinner, drinks. We had the PGA Tour event of that week uh, on a big screen and we had a bloody uh, great night. So that was a cock of the north. And then the shot at the end of the year, Crawford. Yes, that was in Wales, South Wales, at Port Cole and uh, Pennard. Uh, Shout out George James, RIP. That's right. Um, And um, yeah, so I was, I'd never played golf in Wales before. So I was really looking forward to doing that. A few of us played um, Pile and Ken Fig the the day before, which is great. Uh, and uh, stayed in the village hotel in Swansea in the night before we 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 split it. So some people did Pennard the first day, and some of us did Port Call, and then swapped around the next day, which we do a lot these days because it allows us to get more people into the competition. Um, and uh, John Arshan and I had ourselves a day at World Port Call. We were playing oh, together in the yes, same group. Oh, yes, so you did. So and did. Uh, and so he and I were both playing in the final, a semi-final of the. Abercrombie, which is the match play competition we do for the southeast of England. And I think what happened that day was that the two of us were just, we were so in, in like determined to beat each other. We kind of forgot about the fact that we were playing in the wider competition. And it was like every time he'd hit a, he'd hit a fairway, like I had to hit a fairway. And I had so many shots on him that he basically had to be one better than me than in every hole. Um, and uh, I made some ridiculous up and downs. He just, he didn't miss a fairway. I don't think he missed a green actually the entire round. So he shot eight under his handicap. He plays all eight. So he went around level par. And oh, I went right. and I went around, I was five under my handicap. Um, and he beat me by one hole um, on the, in the match. But by the end of that day, the two, the two of us were like seven shots against whoever was third. Yeah. So we, we got into Pennard the next day and it was just the two of us playing a, a game again and I was in the group behind him um, and uh, so we went out Port Cole incidentally blew me away I, just, I totally fell in love with it it's a beautiful golf course Pennard I also fell in love with but for very different reasons Port Cole's a 
perfectly manicured, beautiful like championship golf course. Pennard has got cows and sheep walking around and it's just scruffy and weird, but just magnificent views. And by the time I got to the ninth tee in Pennard, I was level with John. I'd caught him up on the ninth tee. And then I was kind of bumping around in the back nine. And then we're getting down to the very last holes and John eagled the 16th uh, Pennard. And then that was him gone. And then I made a total mess of 17 and 18. So John won it very deservedly, played some really, really good golf for both, both days and uh, and got his trophy to become yeah. the championship golfer of the year in why, the service why, station on the M4. Why was there, why was there <laughs> no trophy? There was, there was, so there was no actual trophy presentation. Yeah, it was be, it's because we did both. We we did two teams in, in one end, like in, in a different, um, like one so group they, in Port Call, one group in Pennard. So when we finished in Pennard, there were still people in Port Call and the guy that had grandly had the trophy and he was in Port Call. And we kind of hoped that everybody from Pennard would go to Port Call. We do like a little thing there, but we hadn't appreciated that by the time everybody finished, it was getting dark. It was October. So everybody just, once they got on the M4, they just wanted to go home. But um, yeah. So, so he, John, John stopped at uh, an M&S food at a service <laughs> station. Wait, and- a thing? Or a waitrose, uh, and was handed the trophy by the, the manager of that waitrose. There, and there are there are, there are pictures. I don't uh, think I don't think there's well. anything more flock than that picture. Us <laughs> getting the manager of the motorway know. service station to do a trophy presentation. Waitrose is a little bit high class for us lot. Um, and then throughout the entire year, uh, we had the very successful first running of the OOM, the RACDG Order of Merit, where we had over a hundred uh, people signed up to this. Uh, we would be posting scores each month. Uh, our own kind of order of merit leaderboard developed through the gear, and then the top twenty at the end of that uh, headed along to a finals day. Was it in Stoke Stoke Park? Stoke Park. Uh, no, Club? Stoke Ro- Stoke Stoke Rochford. Stoke Rochford. Stoke, Stoke Rochford. Stoke. Um, and that was uh, won technically uh, by Connor, but uh, really by our man Ben Lovejoy. But uh, <laughs> shouts, screams. Uh, accusations of sandbaggery of foot. Uh, put them aside, Connor was the, the rightful winner of the OOM. But again, that's something that's going to be run again in 2022. It's hugely successful last year. As I said, over 100 people were involved in it. So we'll hopefully have the same sort of numbers again this coming year. Um, what's amazing about that. what's amazing about the OOM is that, is that it kind of turns every round you play with another flocker or just with somebody else into something that matters. Like nothing is really just a kind of casual knock. I don't know, mate. I, I took the huff with it in June, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up. Well, I did, but I, I took. I, I was blaming it for the fact that my WHS was getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, because every game, I, every of, game I was playing was for the was for the oom. Which and is I was, a couple of petty, immature children, Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> just really? say how it is. Why yeah, no, <laughs> couple of utter children. Uh, but we'll be back again this year. But overall, I think. As a, as a flock, as a society, I think this was very much a year of settling in, bedding in. Yeah. Through 2019 and a lot of 2020, it was pandemics. Things were growing at a pretty alarming rate. We didn't really know, you know, behind the scenes, did we want to be this small society of really good friends and community? Did we want to grow and grow and there would be thousands of people? There was obviously conflicting uh, opinions on either side of that and we kind of got stuck somewhere in the middle of it. Whereas I think... 2021, a lot of our events, uh, a lot of our get-togethers, a lot of our meets, a lot of the personalities involved all kind of settled in a little bit. We kind of embedded what we are and what we kind of want to do going ahead. So I think for 2022 coming up, and you know, shout out Matt Webb's done an absolutely brilliant job so far uh, of pulling together all of the main events. We've got a couple of uh, Scottish events, which I've been you know, 
trying quite hard to organise as well. There's some down based in the southeast. There's some Irish events come together. So I think we kind of are in a position now going ahead into 2022 where we know where we are. We've kind of settled into what we want to be size-wise. Um, as a community, most of the guys are all kind of friends. A lot of people have now actually met in real life and played with each other, which makes it a lot more difficult to get into arguments uh, online <laughs> with them, uh, which is fun because, as I was saying the other day, whenever somebody like, I don't know, Matthew Pittman starts his shit with me, I remember that he's six foot five. I've played golf with him. He knows where I live and he could destroy me um, <laughs> by clicking his fingers. So things like that certainly help. Uh, but I think we're in a really good place going ahead. It was a great, great year. You know, some of the best days out I had last year were just not even the events, not even the, the big planned events, just rocking up to somewhere, you know, like Turnberry or like North Berwick, places that I would never have the opportunity to play for £10 uh, without the flock and, and be able to turn up there, play with three guys uh, that have made an eight or nine hour drive uh, from Surrey and just have a great bloody day out of it. So I'm looking forward forward to plenty more of them uh, in the coming year as well and as I said next week we'll probably do a little podcast Crawford me you and Mark talking about the year ahead we'll maybe rope Mr Wayben to talking us through the events and the majors and see what we've got stored what we've got stored what we've got in store for 2022 yeah I'm looking, oh. forward, looking forward to this year it, it feels very much like we've matured now we've we kind of know what we are we know what the events are and I'm things like I'm looking forward to the shot being played for the fourth time like the fourth yeah it's gonna feel a bit more Bit more kind of you know yeah definitely it's illustrious that's it yeah I just I, I, I still have the the base of the trophy I'm still going to give had that for three years what's <laughs> going to be really what's going to be really good as well is playing the Mackenzie mm. and somebody actually winning it without a massive fucking asterisk on it because <laughs> I think that's been two or three asterisks in a row uh, Daniel you've sat there incredibly patiently while Crawford's rattled on about his last 12 months very quickly before we dive into the, the top 100 list how was your year of golf how were your goals what were your highlights and what are you looking forward to this year yeah it was it was a year of like getting falling back in love with the kind of game in terms of you know meeting meeting people uh, enjoying just the process of playing getting involved with the society I think I played uh, like 130, 40 rounds of golf and something Jeez. silly like that. Uh, didn't play as many new courses um, as CAD, but um, yeah, kind of got myself stuck into open competitions, which uh, the fuck will know about. Um, and um, and yeah, just kind of trying to enjoy playing and, and yeah, kind of got my handicap down to 3.1 now. Nice. So yeah, so, so yeah, good. Yeah, I'm just and this year I'm just trying to get my um scoring average down because it's a bit bit high. <laughs> so but you you said you noted there about uh open competitions just before we dive into the top 100. This is a great little resource that you've put together that anybody that's in any of the WhatsApp chats can get or request from you. Do you want to just give us a quick run through what that is? Because I've been using it, I've shared it with some of my mates already as well. So uh let us know what that is. Yeah, so I've I've got a website called the Golfing PhD because I'm doing a PhD and I, all I do seem to do is play golf, so it seems like a pretty good brand to go with. Um, so uh, on there, I've collated over 200 open competitions. They're mostly 36 hole things because I think that's where you get the most value. Um, open competitions are great for really any ability. Um, you basically get the course to yourself. You get the best hospitality. 
uh, and it's cheap so it's um it's a great opportunity to meet new people uh, and that's where i met mass as well i met wave on an open competition at gog gog so you know you don't know who you'll be able to run into good or bad i played one open this year and it was the Ely. i'd never played Ely before and i was really excited to play it uh, and i played it was about maybe 35 40 mile an hour wins on a links course and i played maybe my best ball striking round of the year maybe top two or three ball striking rounds of the year playing off a handicap of two and I shot 78, 78, played out my skin, was really happy with that. And uh, the guy that I played with was a seven-time club champion at Ely. Uh, and if he's listening, which he won't be, massive shout out. But he uh, he shot 65 in the first round, and I've never seen anything like it in my life. It, it, I, had to, I had to maybe 20 or 30 yards past him. He was quite an old guy, but his long iron and short iron accuracy and his putting was just outrageous so uh, I'm very excited to play more opens because uh, I would not have seen anything like that with anybody else that I knew um, a lot of people disappeared after the first 36 and didn't want to go back out so it was me uh, and just him that played the second round together and his wife was caddying for him and they were very very meticulous like walking out the pace of everything so it took us five hours to play our second round as a two ball with nobody in front of us and then um, whenever he held the pot, like he was giving his wife a cuddle and a kiss and stuff. And it was very PDA as well. So I, I felt <laughs> the most third wheel prick in the world. And then a, a few times when he was out, like pacing out his shots, I would just walk over to his wife and she was a footballer. She played football for Sterling uh, Women's University. And uh, I would just walk over and start trying to chat to her. And he would just edge over and like stand right in between the two of us and be like, what are you asking her? I'm I'm not trying to like make moves on your wife while you're here in the middle of around the golf. um, I'll do that the clubhouse afterwards. Yeah, I know that was (laughs) that was a long five hours, but it was very good to see somebody on a golf course with an actual process, and it it made me kind of screw the nut a little bit and think about shots uh, a little bit more. But that's a complete aside, and that's the one thing I said I wasn't going to do was uh, take rambling asides. Shout out uh, flock feedback. So Daniel, let's dive into today's just, just, topic. Just before, just before we move on to the, oh. on to the, the uh, thing, Gary, just, you know, just really quickly, I'm talking about you know things that happened last year. Did you join any new golf clubs last year? Me? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Did you join any new golf clubs? No, I didn't. Did. Oh, I did. I did. Did you hear about the golf club that I joined? Yeah, that I joined. Did you know what? I thought you did. You not replace somebody that died up there. I heard someday, someday Dornock had died and you just jumped into his grave. That's, no, I'm planning to replace somebody who dies. So I'm waiting for someone to die. And then once that person dies, then I'll jump into his place on the championship thing. So hopefully it'll happen soon. Um, Crawford, but, I'm, uh, I'm, going to, I'm, going, I'm going to let you gloat about it a few times because selfishly, I'm hoping to come up with you a few times to Royal Dornock and play it. So you, you're not going to meet any resistance from me here. <laughs> It was a very proud moment. I'm very happy. But yes, Crawford, ladies and gentlemen, has joined Royal Dornock. So you can stick him on your list with Colin and with Alan as your go-tos to annoy people uh, with DMs for when you're coming up to Scotland to play yeah. some of the big courses. Honestly, I think everybody should join a golf course that is 834 miles away from where they live. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future, yeah. Gary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, shout out to James, who's uh, still at St Andrews as well. So I've heard. Just imagine in three or four years, you go up to a golf course and somebody walks in and they've got a t-shirt on it that says R.I.P. Charles and the next thing you know you've changed the whole face of golfing. 
Um, so let's get into the top 100. So as we said about what feels like an hour ago now, the reason for today's podcast, the reason for the return of the illustrious RACDG podcast was to run through the flock top 100 courses. So Daniel, I'm really kind of leaving it up to you here as to how you want to do this. Maybe first of all, run us through the kind of idea for this, how you brought uh, all of the courses together, all of the boats together, how the rankings made up. Um, ranking Crawford I said how the rankings made up uh, and you know maybe some of the kind of more surprising things to come from it yeah sure so kind of the idea stemmed from um, the the quite atrocious um, NCG top 100 list that kind of filtered around the uh, the WhatsApp where famously um, and the GOGS members won't be too happy about this but Royston placed above <laughs> GOGS come on um, baby come on <laughs> So we kind of knew at that point it was kind of a joke and CAD probably had something to do with it. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of a big discussion about that. And I'm uh, personally, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent to the top hundred lists, but it was kind of causing quite the rave and, and, and Phil Reeks, shout out to him. Um, he suggested that we should create our own list and, you know, fire up the spreadsheet was the next command and it kind of started from there. Um, and, um, and yeah, so how we did it was it was, it was me, Phil and Rod, who, Rod Thomas, who was the kind of behind the scenes. Um, and what we did was we asked people to send us their top 20 favorite courses. Um, and we kind of kept it vague because we wanted the flock to, to use their imagination with what favorite means probably in the future we could be a bit more refined with that and maybe say it's more maybe more about the most fun rather than the best um but um we we got the top 20 there were some people who hadn't played 20 courses because they were new to the flock or new to the new to uh, the uk gb and i so they hadn't played 20 courses here there were some who were very adventurous to send me um courses i'd never heard of um trying to pass them off that they were welsh or, or irish or something but they're actually in in spain so those didn't get included um so so what we what we did was we allocated um uh, for your top 20 we allocated it on a 20 to 1 scale so your first pick would get 20 points second 19 third 18 um and 20th uh, pick would get one point um that kind of instead of doing something like formula one where it was like 25 18 you know that sort of thing it meant that people could change their minds which once i emailed them back and told them that i've received it they often did um so thanks to all the people who did that um and um and yeah so it, yeah that wasn't annoying i mean yeah no, it's all part of the process I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> um you put your neck out on the line and this is this is what happens um <laughs> So, and, and yeah, for the people who, let's, for example, some people gave us only a top 10, we, we only ranked them, allocated them points 20 through 11, um, and we stopped there. So, so some of, and that only happened on very few occasions. Um, and then, yeah, we put together the, the top hundred list that you'll see on the, on the front page of when you look at it yourselves is um, a com compilation of the, the total points. So, um it's however many people put down um that uh that course and it's just a total amount of points that they that that thing accrued it's not weighted in any way there are lists further down the the kind of page there which you can look at um that does account for weighted points so things like um the amount of picks it had and the points per pick um and that, that 
multiply through so you can have a look at that but the the list that you're going to see is just total points um, so what you're telling me daniel is that you didn't attribute more weight to the to the to the decisions that i would made and the picks that i've made i'm a little disappointed with that i would have sure. thought that mine would have counted for at least five or six times what everybody else would put i mean to be honest from what I was told and what I should, what I was told to do, you're very lucky. Your your picks are in there, to be honest. <laughs> the thing is, Daniel, he's got a point because he's seen far more of these golf courses than anybody else has. But a square, like yard by yard walkthrough, he's seen far more of any of these golf courses. I'm guessing by the time that this podcast goes out, that we'll have a release, a general release of the list itself. So people should hopefully be able to kind of uh, read along to the list while they're listening to this, or at least least know uh, what everything is. I want to give a huge shout out, you know, straight away, number 93, the Belfry. Um, that's really exciting to see the Belfry in uh, the top 100. But what I thought we would do, Daniel, is I, very I think, quick. I think we need, to, we need to, secretly we need to pass a list amongst some certain people in the group of who voted for the Belfry. Because <laughs> their future in this group needs to be in serious jeopardy. The list I can't, I can't comment on whether I know, I can't comment on whether I know that and can get that very easily for you. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought, rather than running through one to a hundred, because we would be here all night as it is, um, we'll very quickly pick a couple of our kind of favourites and notables from a hundred down to twenty, and then we'll run through the top twenty itself. So I'm just looking just now. The main thing I'm noticing here is there are a lot of Scottish golf courses in this. And based on the fact that the, the Scots in the group are maybe outnumbered about four to one uh, by the English, I was expecting a lot more English courses. So I'm pretty excited to see Scottish courses. Um, I'm seeing even places like Turnberry King Robert the Bruce, you know, Turnberry secondary course. We've got Blair Gowrie on there at 86. That shout out Kung Fu Kenny's Blair Gowrie. Grant's favourite golf course in the entire world, Grant Hutton, uh, Ladybank, which he raves and raves on about. Um, Steve McGregor's home course that I've been very, very lucky to play a few times, and it's going to be the host of the Battle of the Border Bastards um, in May, Kilmarnock Barassi. We've got winning Gary's home course, leaving links there as well. Um, Crail in at number 66. And then all the way up here, we've got Probably one of the more controversial ones, which I'm a big fan of, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Crawford. I know you've not seen the list. So I'll talk you through this bad boy, okay? 26, Kings Barnes. 25, St. Andrew's New Course. 24, Ely. 23, Muirfield. And then 21, the St. Andrew's Castle Course. So the St. Whoa. Andrew's Castle That's Course ranked above all of those championship courses or, or real kind of people's favourite courses, Muirfield, Ely, Kingsbarns, St Andrews New, all ranked below um, St Andrews Castle. And just to add to that, number 32, Carnoustie Championship course as well. So what? <laughs> what we've got here is St Andrews Castle course is the one, two, three, four, five, sixth highest ranked course in Scotland. What yeah, do you make talk, okay, I think that that's just a statistical anomaly because we don't divide it by the number of votes. So I think what the thing is, when an awful lot of people go on trips to St Andrews, the, your three-day links course will be play the new course, play the castle, and play the new or the jubilee. So an awful lot of people in the group have played the castle course, which means they've probably got like, you know, 9th or 10th or 11th from 20 people, as opposed to Connie's just may have got like 2nd or 3rd. 
three people that have played it. That's the only thing I I could... That made far too much sense from you there, Crawford. I was well, I was hoping for something a little bit more outraged, a little bit wilder, a little yeah. bit more scattergun. Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would say that it makes the entire mockery of the entire thing, so we should just get on there <laughs> and go home. Like, how we can have it above Mirafield and Carlos um, bananas. We should probably not share this openly outside the group because it will, it will be sources of mockery. Yeah, well, another one I'm quite surprised to hear, Cleve Hill, which gets obviously rave, rave reviews across the flock, the kind of spiritual home in England of the flock, only made it in at number 71 of 100, and I'm... I'm Pretty shocked at that. I thought well, that would be coming in top yeah, 15, 20. It, it is an interesting one though, because I didn't put Cleve in my top 20. I love Cleve. I've joined it, I'm a member. Um, and I, I play it as often as I can. And I think it's really, really fun course. And I think that it should definitely, once they finish kind of doing a lot of work to it, like getting the greens back to good condition, I think it should definitely be in the top 20 of you know ever a top hundred of England, uh, like official kind of proper um properly done like you know fucking magazine things but um but i didn't put it on my top 20 just because there are 20 other better golf courses in mm-hmm. the british isles uh or in you know gb and i so i um uh so i can understand that i can understand that i mean i'm I, i'm actually i'm glad that it's there in somewhere um but it's um but i think when you've played a lot of places it's not top 20 daniel the numbers from 20 kind of up to 100 what's kind of stood out from you what maybe shocked you or uh what really kind of flashed itself at you um from that 20 to 100 kind of range yeah i guess i should, probably should have said this at the beginning but we had um we had 64 people contribute um and there were 304 courses in total that were picked Oof. up so that's you know it's pretty pretty sizable but um the reason i say that and the reason I, I tell you that is that we don't really have enough data i mean you know it's kind of the talk of the 21st century that we don't have enough data um but um the reason why you're seeing you know st andrew's castle above um you know your millfields you're really your st andrew's new and king's barn is because 11 people have played st andrew's castle um and only um you know 10 people have played king's barn and only nine people have played Carnoustie. So. Yeah. You know where it and and you've got I guess you've got to take into account the the nine people who have played Carnoustie have probably also played other great courses. So where they rank that on their list of you know other courses means that it probably falls down a little bit. Whereas if more people have played it, for example, the you know um, the top course in here, um, which we'll name later on, has thirty five picks um, out of yeah. sixty four. So. Um, so there's a there's a kind of there's a kind of imbalance there, and and we see that a lot with the the northern northern slash Irish courses where they're just you know people haven't gone there, so they don't know. Um, you know we've got uh, we've only we've only got a very compared to the uh, the top one hundred you know websites or or other kind of lists that people use. Um, the Irish and northern Irish courses are severely underrepresented in this list, or or they're a lot further down than you would expect to see them. Um, I just think it's prejudice against me. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I was, <laughs> where's our um, top rated Northern Irish course? And that's just sneaking uh, into the top 20, isn't it? Royal County Down. What? Sneaking what? in at number 19. So that'll kick us what? into the top 20 anyway. Right, but... That's it. Just cut, cut. Stop the whole thing now. Just This is a total disaster. What, what is going on there? 
the first no, the first island course is uh Ballybunion old at 41 yep so, so yeah and 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 but the, you know that, that is because you know six people have visited Ballybunion so you know compared to the 35 of the top course of course it's going to be further down um, how many people have visited Royal County now um 10 that, okay. that, yeah so so it's I mean, but the top, for example, the top, the top 20, you know, they're all kind of, a, they're all above 14, 15, except for a couple of courses in terms of picks. So that, that is a pretty big anomaly, um, as well as another course that's in there, that's in the top 10, um, that when you look at points per pick, it just flies to the top of it, top of the ranking, because it's, it's, it's highly regarded, but not many people have been there. Yeah, okay. So what we'll maybe say is with this list, with the overall list, there's a lot to be maybe taken with a tiny little pinch of salt, especially when it comes to maybe the more uh, rural uh, courses out in Northern Ireland and maybe in Scotland, which is maybe all the more surprising that there's so many Scottish courses uh, that are represented in it. And then obviously Wales as well. I can only see a couple of little Welsh flags there. Um, but one of them has made it well into the top five as well, which is pretty cool. So any other notables that you see uh, in that 20 to 100 before we move on to the top 20 and kind of give them a proper rundown um no not really i suppose you know the there's no shire which is probably a good thing um, <laughs> um, i actually made the top of the the top 100 fountains in golf list thankfully so they're all good with that um top 100 yeah. worst golf courses in england <laughs> you know yeah i mean the list i think you know, from the people that, you know, have seen it or been involved in it, say the list is pretty fair and reflective, given that I'm not someone who I'm a pretty ambivalent to the top hundred. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking to, I'm, I'm happy the Littlestone is 62nd above, you know, West Langs, for example. Um, and I'm glad it's above Cleve Hill because from, you know, <laughs> at least there's some sort of pride in that. Um, so, so yeah, no, I think, I think it's a pretty fair, fair list overall. And, um, uh, um, yeah, I think the top 20 will be interesting to to dive into. Yeah. So Crawford, you've not really seen this list anyway, so I won't ask you about the, the 20, not, but just from a, a, you know, a purely Scottish perspective, because to be honest, I've not played any of the uh, English or Welsh courses out with Gossick. Um As I said, it's nice to see such a big representation there. We've got all three Gullin courses have snuck into the top 100. We've got the St Andrews Old, New and Jubilee have all snuck in there as well. Scots Craig, London, Leaven. So that uh, Fife uh, and East Coast uh, is really pretty well represented. Dunbarnley snuck into the top 50. We've got Presswick, Western, Gales, Glen Eagle Kings, Royal Aberdeen. And then, as I said, all the way up to number 21 with the St Andrews Castle course. Um, but let's dive in then to just, the Just very quickly, are the, are the Gullen 1, 2 and 3, what's first, second and third of those? Three? Gullen's, Gullen 2 is first in that list. And then... Um, what's funny is that's quite interesting because Gullen 1 is obviously the mega championship course, but yeah. everybody that's played them has all, all said that they enjoyed Gullen 2 more. And I've only played 2 and 3, obviously, but I thought 2 was outstanding. So yeah. it's interesting to see, yeah, Gullen 2 is in at 51 Gullen, Gullen one's at ninety one and Gullen three's at ninety seven. So a lot uh, of people um, liked to a hell of a lot more. That's interesting because obviously that's that's a bit of a more because I imagine everyone who's like if you've played all three Gullens then you're going to rank them. It's not as if it's an anomaly because no one played there. Like it's the same. Yeah. Group. So we've played all three courses. 
um, and to see amongst the flock which ones we prefer. I mean, I prefer Quickly, two. I love on, three as well. On Gullen, um, if anybody's interested, we have the official Scottish RACDG Club Championship on Friday the 3rd of June. We're playing Gullen 2 and 3. It is cut off at the moment at 38 spots, but a few other people have been asking about it. So I'm going to get in touch with Gullen the next week, see if we can extend that. So if you are interested in it, do drop me a wee DM. Top 20. So... One last thing to say, Gary, sorry, one last thing to say is that um, we had to, with with the whole top 100 list, we had to eliminate any kind of of shithousery which could take place, which... Why? Yeah, I mean, so so somewhere like Dukes um, and Royal Worthington Newmarket were were both only picked once, but they both scored 18 points. So they kind of rose to 126th and 127th on the rankings, although only one person had been there. Um, So we created like a minimum threshold for the amount of picks that made it into the top 100. Um, and so that was chosen at three because that was uh, where we could get the, if it, we chose four, I think if we only got a top 95 or something like that. So it's, it's worth m- mentioning the courses that also made that threshold, but didn't quite creep into the top hundred. Those were Glasgow Gales, Cambly Heath, Kilspindy, uh, Bow Desert, Woodbridge, Knoll Park, Woodall Spa, Bracken, Fairmont, Kittucks, uh, Sheringham, London Club Heritage, uh, Walton Heath New, Abadovi, Seacroft, SNA, Stoneham, and Woven Markets. So, so those were the ones that also made the criteria, but didn't well, have enough points to. Well, there's not a, there's not a shit course among them. You know what I mean? They're all good, so I can yeah. understand why. What we should do is because I've, I've tried to start the top twenty about four times, we should just cut the podcast here and just like not tell anybody what the top twenty is. <laughs> <laughs> but like the what's interesting is from eleven all the way up to twenty is all English courses and then there's actually Royal County down snuck in at 19 but that's based Northern Ireland's basically England anyway isn't it so that's um, from <laughs> 11 all the way through to 20 so what I'll do is I'll just run down I'll give you 20 down to 16 just as a run and then we can talk about them so 20 is Berkshire Blue uh, Berkshire Blue whatever uh, 19 is Royal County Down Championship course 18 is West Hill 17 is All Woodley 16 is Royal Liverpool. So kind of general thought. They're all, they're all courses that are pretty highly regarded by people in the flock. I know we've quite a few members at West Hill. All Woodley, we've obviously been to twice. We're going to go back to it. Uh, Royal County Down is a favourite among the Northern Irish contingent. And Berkshire is where the Kaluna was last year. So no kind of mega shocks there, Cad, no? No, I mean, no. You know, is Royal County Down better than West Hill? Demonstrably, Yes. But I understand. I understand why. I mean, and I love West Hill, but it's and it's interesting because, as you said, those are all all places that we've all played a lot. Um, either a lot of us have played them, or a lot of us have some of us have played them a lot in the last year. Other than Raw Liverpool. Um, What's good about doing the uh, video chat here, Crawford, is I can see the massive chip growing in your shoulder um, <laughs> over Royal County Down being so low down. I haven't found out where Wall Dornick is yet. But <laughs> I, I still have a top twenty. I might. I might have to just. I can start chucking my toys. Right enough. Uh, Daniel, thoughts on that kind of first five of 20? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the, yeah, the, the whole, the whole England, uh, the, the, the first 11 to 20. Yeah. Is it, it, it's really surprising, especially when you get into the top 10. Um, give, yeah. And 
the only thing to say about the the Berkshire in this is that it seems like it's an anomaly in the top 20 with its kind of quite low points to pick. Um, you know, it's got a lot of picks, but not very highly rated um, amongst the people who picked them. So, um, and West Hill as well also has that kind of um, where, you know, 20, 20 people have played or chose West Hill, but it only comes in at 18th, whereas there are some in the top 10 that don't even have 20 picks and are still there. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, I, Next one. yeah. I mean, West Hill so is definitely one of these. I think I've had it in my top 20, but it was like 18th or 19th or something like that. Yeah, oh, and look at looking at that kind of 11th to 20th run, it's ones that have come up a lot, as you say, Daniel, but it's been everybody's kind of mid-table picks. It's very comfortable. Crystal Palaces and West Broms we've got in here uh, before we go into the, you know, the biggies in the top 10. Nice so, little drive-by to the Nose family there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ryan's got, like, oh, he's, I know, do you know what, barbecue just, just fuming now. <laughs> I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. The Addington made it in at number eighty-five. So oh, shout out to go. Ryan Nods. Um, yeah. in at number eighty-five. We should, we should, we should, we should say that he didn't put the Addington in his list. Um, I, although, the, although the lists are, although the lists are anonymous, we should say that he didn't. Um, he didn't. Very he, noble. He and he was very, very keen to make sure at the bottom very of his email gent- that he didn't put, put it in for a I, reason. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like Ryan anymore. I don't like him, and there's one reason why I don't like him is because I've got him on Instagram, uh, and every now and again I'll be sitting eating. My two pound eighty five Aldi rump steak, quite happily, and he'll post a picture of this like four hundred pound <laughs> in weight and price wagyu beef that he's surveying and then cooking for twelve hours, and then it's falling apart and it looks unbelievable. <laughs> and um, I just feel like I feel like muck. I feel like common muck. Uh, after I read that, so uh, shout out to Ryan and the Addington in at number fifteen. <laughs> um, Sorry, number 85, but we're at number 15 here. So again, I'll run from 15 down to 10 here, and it's almost an English uh, clean sweep. We've got West Sussex at 15, the Berkshire Red Course at 14, Swinley Forest at 13, St George's Hill at 12, and Woodall Spa Hodgkin Course at number 11. I may be completely wrong here because I don't know the areas and golf courses, but St George's Hill, Swinley, Berkshire, West Sussex, all kind of... Close by, all very they're, similar. They're, they're all within twenty-five miles of each other. I mean, there apart from go. West Sussex, they're all within five miles of each other. So um, I would, I would imagine a lot of our votes here came from our kind of pretty large and strong southeast contingent. And again, this will be ones Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong. Where it's all, uh, they've been in people's top twenty lists, but they've all been kind of floating around the middle of each person's lists. Um, not necessarily. Um, I think. Oh, fine, fuck's sake. <laughs> Well, yeah, I imagine West Sussex is probably pretty high on a few people's lists. Well, Swin Swinley was quite high on a lot of people's mm-hmm. lists. It's, that's why it's only had eighteen picks, but it's it's top. It's come into the top in in thirteenth, um, whereas Berkshire Red had twenty six picks and it's come in at fourteenth. But but you know, when I was starting to put this t- together, you know, Swinley, uh, St George's Hill, and West Sussex were definitely among the top kind of um, picks. And then as he went further along, people would. Um, you know, put them a bit further down, so it's kind of, um, uh, kind of even itself out. But I guess the only other thing to say about the uh, eleven to twenty is that it's kind of dominated by Heathlands. You know, it, um, it's it's you know only Hoylake in Royal County Down um, kind of uh, stop a full Heathland lockup, um, and that may or may not be different to the top ten. 
um, to to maybe but that's, catch him. That, that, that's interesting. I wonder if that's because we all play a lot of Heathland Course golf, or whether it's because we all just love Heathland Course golf. Well, I, I think what you're getting there, Crawford, is like a, a strong southeast contingent, people that play a lot of Heathland golf, but people who maybe the Heathland golf isn't there primo de primo of their courses um, but it's all the stuff that they kind of know and love so it all sneaks in at 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th or whatever on the list and then that uh, leaves us with that kind of run from 11th all the way through to 18th so Heathland Golf apart from Royal Liverpool I think um, is all pretty much Heathland Golf there the Royal um, County Dango it's, it's number 19 mate it's way down there behind all of those Heathland classics um, oh, he just stabs me in the heart game, number game. 10 no we're going to get talking we're going to get into the good shit now uh, number 10 we'll talk about each of the, the top 10 I reckon uh, separately I'll not run through them all one by one number 10 which actually quite low Turnberry Ailster is in at number 10 okay that one 17 people have played it uh, or picked it so quite a few people have been there I'm guessing each and every one of them had harassed Alan Martin to get there in the first place <laughs> um, but Turnberry Ailster you know very usually kind of regarded top three four courses in the UK makes it in uh, at number 10 and number nine quite similarly is Castle Stewart so 10 and 9 Turnberry Elsa and Castle Stewart not played Castle Stewart myself played Turnberry Elsa loads and loads and loads of times uh, again shout out Alan Humble what do you make man. of that I know fuck's sake uh, what do you make of that uh, 10 and 9 um, yeah I get that I think that I think both of them are, quite, are kind of remote I, I imagine that they don't have huge numbers of picks but they're they're all quite high I mean I know that I've had Turnberry pretty high on mine I haven't played Castle Stewart either I mean, Castle Stewart's pretty far up north. I mean, it's not going to be as popular as St Andrews or Sunningdale or one of some of the places. I'm sorry, but um, uh, yeah, I kind of get that. I mean, I I wouldn't have been surprised if if in terms of Daniel, in terms of the like average points per pick, is Turnberry does it jump up the list? It's it's number one in points per pick. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't surprise wow. Me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, so it's, so got, it's got 301 points and 17 picks. So, to the shock so. of absolutely nobody, Tom Brady is a very, very good golf course. It's heartbreaking because it's owned by a total cunt, which means you don't want to play it, but it is unbelievably good. Yeah, like that, that day that you and I and Conway and, uh, and Alan played, I spent there, Gary, was one of my top two or three days of the last couple of years playing golf. It was just the course is just spectacular. That stretch from, is it four? We hit the coast with the par yeah, three. from about four. The par three where you will find it everywhere. And I hit that yeah. shot behind it on the green. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember yes. that one. Um, and uh, yeah, that hole there all the way along on the coast down to like 10 or 11 or something. Like that. It's just probably the best stretch of golf. Because the golf holes are all really, really strong. Yep. But then you're next to the coast as well. And you have all the rocks. And as you get down to the lighthouse, it's just spectacularly good. And what's yeah. great, and uh, I was lucky enough to play it Christmas Eve, a shout-out Dave Kerr, um, is that Turnberry King Robert the Bruce, I would say, is probably the best second course of any of the, the kind of big courses. Uh, I know we've got Barcher Red and Blue, but um, and there's a few, I, I don't know, there's a few 36-holers where the courses are in kind of level pegging, but as a, you know, quote-unquote secondary course beside the championship course, Turnberry King Robert the Bruce uh, is up there uh, with any of them. That was 10 and 9. So Turnberry, I feel like I'm doing a radio chart countdown there. <laughs> That's Turnberry Elsa in at number 10. Uh, Castle Stewart number yeah. 9. 
Number eight, uh, Royal St. Ports. At number eight, I know nothing about Royal St. Ports. So, uh, Daniel, I'll let you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Royal St. Ports had 317 points and 24 picks. Um, when I was putting this together, it was initially coming in uh, quite high or not at all. Uh, those are the it was kind of kind of that sort of thing and then you know it kind of came in mid-table for a lot of other picks um but yeah it's a great it's a great course it's a great test uh, of golf um I've been fortunate to play it enough uh, a few times it's it's tough you know it's a it's a traditional out and back it's um, really it's really good it's really tough but it's very charming I mean I I, I loved it in the way that I didn't love Ross and George's I can appreciate Royal St. George's as a really good championship golf course, but I didn't love it. Whereas Singports, I loved. And we had a kind of frustrating day when we played it where we kind of got held up behind some old boys. We were going slow and then it started to get dark. And But even with that, I just, that because from the third hole, the par five, you go over the kind of weird little branca thing and the hill thing. And then the, the green is like in this sunken kind of bowl and it's all kind of crazy shots. And, and then the next hole, you've got to play over a dune. It's just like, it's there's a lot of fun, quirky stuff happening in St. And it's, 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 it's in Kent Crawford as well, yeah, isn't it? You're yeah, in Kent, don't you? Yeah, 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 it is. It is in Kent. I do, I do have to get some inoculations before I go down there. And I just, prefer to have like an oxygen breathing mask Whenever I'm coming, it obviously hinders the swing somewhat. Is that not Playing because you're just really, deal. really unfit? Um, <laughs> just off the top of my head as well, just to, to contribute to this part, did you know that the Confederation of St. Ports is actually a historical group of coastal towns in Kent, Sussex and Essex? Uh, and the name is Old French, meaning Five Harbours. It was originally formed for military and trade purposes, but is now uh, entirely ceremonial. So that, that was just, no, no, just so a little... You're, kind of, so you're, you're reading it off, off Wikipedia? No, just a little, just a little no, nugget. I'm trying to think, what are the five? So it's Deal, Hythe, Rye, Dover. Is it Dover? And what's the other Hastings, one? Hastings. Hastings, New Romney, Hythe, Dover and Sandwich. Oh, there you go. That, that's the most boring bit of audio I've ever done. Um, and number <laughs> seven, Royal Dornick Crawford, number seven. There you go. Seven. R.I.P. Charles. Am I comfortable with that? I'm, I'm okay. Where am I in this? 25 points with 19 picks. So again, it's probably it's got the lowest number of picks in the top 10, no, top nine. Yeah. So the lowest number of picks uh, at, at 19 picks. So again, this is one I'm guessing, Daniel, that uh, ranked pretty strongly on the people that have picked it. Yeah, yeah, I've I've had the good fortune of playing it in a in an open, no less, um, and really really enjoyed it. Um, it was my top pick for a long time, but it's fallen down the rankings a little bit. Of mine, um, but yeah, it's great, yeah. I mean, it's uh, no. To be honest, you you wouldn't want to know what my first pick is. Um, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's Tembi, um, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, but no, yes, it it. It did. It kind of performed similarly to to Sink Ports, but um, it it had a lot lot less picks, five less picks than Sink Ports. Um, but un, unsurprising for me for it to be in the top top ten, maybe arguably should be in the top five. Yep. Um, for for a course is that far north. I mean, an awful lot of people have just never been up there. Um, I think yep. you know it must be doing pretty well. I mean, I know that I was. I think it was second for me. Yeah. Um, but um, even though I'm a member there, I don't know if I mentioned that. I mentioned Fuck that. Um, but, um, Number six is Sunningdale New Crawford to cut you off there before you get started. Um, yeah. Sunningdale <laughs> and at number six <laughs> um, and then number five North Berwick West um, North Berwick's probably my favourite golf course I don't know I don't know if I, it's the best back nine in the whole of 
world golf. It's probably the most fun golf course in the world. And um, I absolutely love Colin for getting me on it numerous times. And I hope he will again this year. North Berwick is uh, number one or number one A for me. I can't actually remember. Um, and if you've not played North Berwick, even if you need to pay, I think they do twilight rates through the summer of about 100 quid to play. And it's worth every single penny of that. You will not have more fun uh, on a golf course. So that's North Berwick at five. Sunningdale knew at six. Again, very little knowledge on me on that one. So Daniel Crawford, um, Sunningdale knew, run about the right place at number six. Well, a lot, a, a lot of people, um, so, so, you know, the, there are obviously two courses at Sunningdale and, and a lot of people um, try to be contrarian in voting um, the new. As no, in golf in our chat, people um, trying to be contrarian. And, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I frankly, in, in, in that respect, frankly, don't care. But I kind of picked picked up picked picked up on it on a few people, and they were like, "Oh, really? You know, I try to be," and I'm like, "Great, <laughs> we love we love that." <laughs> um, no, I, I, I've not played it to be fair, so I can't I can't comment. Um, but um, but yeah, it wasn't surprising to see Sunning down in the top ten. Um, both the courses, anyway. Um, we'll see how far up Sunning Oh, well, don't don't spoil it for goodness' sake. Well, uh, I, mean, I mean, it was obvious, wasn't it? <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. We're into the top five now. So North Berwick, West Links, uh, in at number five. Uh, and it's the uh, second highest Scottish golf course there as well. Number four, Royal can, 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 so can I Can I just say very quickly that there's a part of me is, I think that that's very flock. And there's a part of me is quite proud of the fact that did you have like Mirafield and Carnoustie are kind of down in the twenties, but 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 North Berwick is fifth because I think in a lot of a lot of standard top one hundred that's not going to be the well, opposite yeah. situation. It's going to be opposite around. That's the thing. Am I am I wrong here in saying this because I'm very hopefully you know shout out to me writing a piece about North Berwick for the links diary in the next year <laughs> or so, and um, I. I've got this kind of feeling in the last maybe two or three years, North Berwick's really kind of come to the forefront a lot more than it was previously. Now, I wasn't playing a lot of golf, you know, prior 2018. So it's just one of those ones that was never really mentioned, you know, in kind of casual circles alongside your St. Andrews, your Carnoustie's, your um, Royal Dornock's, your Turnberry's. But I think now, especially within the flock and within guys that I'm speaking to, it's very, very high up on the list of, of what people A, want to play and B, what they've enjoyed most. It's definitely the daddy of world golf, like without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. In that world of like the kind of new sort of generations of people who are into history and architecture and a kind of interesting, fun, quirky kind of golf. It's, it's just the it's best, the one that's the daddy. Have you played at Crawford? No, I haven't. No, every I I'm literally every time I feel really, every, bad. Time, I feel really, really every bad. time I go to Scotland, I say I said to Colin, Colin, I'm coming up. Can you get me on North Berwick? And he's like, Oh man, I'm really sorry. I'm working. Fucker works all the time. I've had enough of him. Ah well, he tells you he works all the time anyway. Mate. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we... uh, number four is Royal Porth Call, um, the host of the Shut 2021. Again, I've not played it myself myself so is that about right at number four or is there maybe a bit of kind of recency bias among the flockers that have all played it i i and I, I i loved it and i think i put it pretty high and i understand why it's there i think it's definitely recency bias in that there were 60 of us that played it in october and we all loved it um so i think anybody who was down there anyone who was at the shot who played it, who took part in this, it was going to put it high. And I imagine it's the opposite to Turnberry. It's probably got lots of picks 
that are all sort of six fifth six something like that and that's why it's there um but um but i think even with i don't but i, I think it's still justified i think it's a, it's a great golf course um i don't i think that they'll eventually try and do the, the open there at some stage one year yep. um i um i mean i fell in love with it i just thought it was it's like a really fun routine that really fun golf course but like the effort they put into the manicuring it and just how they the, like the path through the grass to the fairway is just like like billiard tables like the whole place is gorgeous um and uh, i walked off there thinking like there was nothing about it that i didn't think was perfect so i totally understand why it's high it's high i mean i put it high like Daniel, did you did you get down to play at the shot this year and or no, played Royal Portugal no. in general? No, I haven't played it. Um, I'm hoping I'm now in Rod's good books when I'm doing this top hundred thing. So perhaps I'll get, it, it, get the, down there. The greatest shame of Port Cole is that <laughs> if you want to play it in a member's guest, you have to be nice to Rod and then spend four hours with them. It's a tough fucking, you know. I just I just everybody hate Rod. I've missed this. <laughs> I didn't everybody rips piss out of them. What's he done? Is he just a bit of a knob? Do you think if you played eight hours of golf with Cad, I think four hours of Rod is probably all right, isn't it? <laughs> Aye, that's very, very I've, true. I've played, I've played, I've played with, played with Cad R- eight R- hours. Rod and I, Rod and I have, have a constant ding-dong going. And, of course, the good thing now is that I have the podcast is a megaphone that I can shout back at him. <laughs> Rod, uh, we'll get Rod on next week. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a chance Port, to Port talk Paul. back. Um, Porthcawl and North Berwick actually did the did the tango because Porthcawl has 403 points and uh, North Berwick has 395 yes, Tate. Shout, shout out to Oscar who uh, who sent in his last minute picks and managed Porthcawl to, to jump yeah. North Berwick um, otherwise um, North Berwick was fourth so if you don't like if you don't like Porthcawl being above North Berwick uh, send your complaints to Oscar so the top we're at the no, top just, just, now. just really quickly so Oscar is finished right I heard yeah. this recently. He's not finished. He's not finished. He's still in the group. <laughs> Sorry, that goes back to um, that's a, that's an absolute classic of a, uh, anybody of a Scottish persuasion will know exactly what I was talking about. There, the classic. Um, it was a Scottish football phone-in back in the nineties, and there was a, a Hearts goalkeeper called Anthony Niemi, um, and he was from Finland, and he phoned. Somebody phoned up this football phone-in and said. I'm looking at the Scotland squad and I'm looking at the call-ups and I'm seeing Colin Hendry in there, Gordon Judy in there, but what I can't understand is why no call-up for Anthony Niemi? And the guy goes, no call-up? He's, he's finished. He goes, he's not finished. He's only 28. And the greatest bit of banter on the Scottish um, football phone in of all time. Anthony Niemi? Aye, I don't know why he doesn't get a game. <laughs> for Scotland? Aye. He's from Finland? He's what? He's finished, isn't he? He's not finished. He's only 28. No, not finished. He's from Finland. What do you mean? That's where he, he, his nationality is f- Finnish. He's from Finland. He's not Scottish? No. Oh, I thought he was Scottish. Did, have you heard that there's there's like a, like a proper conspiracy theory that Finland doesn't exist? Yeah, I've heard that as well. But so. apparently, the, the, the Japanese discovered loads of fish in the in the in the Baltic Sea, so they pretended there was a country there, so that nobody else would go and fish it. And the Trans-Siberian Railway was a deal done with the Russians to ship the fish from the east coast of Russia. Guys, can can hear a, can hear a lot more about this on our very special Q and On podcast that we're going to be doing next week as well. That's a kind of offshoot to this one where we talk all good things, conspiracy theories. Um, Oscar's got a lot to answer for, uh, if that's true. 
So we're at the top three now. Um, and what I might do, Daniel, is ask you to talk us through the top three without telling us what courses they are. So a little bit about the points and the picks and how close it was uh, on those top three spots. Actually, do you know what? I'll do the top two because uh, three's by a distance away. So number three is Royal St. George's. Uh, 26 picks, 411 points. Um, I've heard it's crap off the front tees. Shout out Dave Hewitson at your <laughs> golf travel. Um Again, not something I've been anywhere near in my life. Royal St. George's number three, that sound about right? Yeah, um, I, I have a good fortune of playing it in the in, in my first flock meetup event at the end of November. Um, we did play it off the front tees, but I, I enjoyed it anyway, um, mainly because it was level par front nine. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, And then, yeah, like six over back. But we won't talk about that. Um, can, I, can I just very quickly point out that there was a little Ireland meetup at Royal County Down in December, and we went up to the starter and we said to the starter, "What tees do you want us to play? Do you want us to play off the front tees?" And he went, "Yeah, only if you want to cheat." <laughs> so in Royal County Down, you have to play off the championship tees, otherwise you're cheating. Daniel. He's he's just completely discredited your level par front nine there. It's <laughs> all right. Well, Royal County, Royal County Down is nineteenth in this list, so it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> Very fair. So Royal St. George is in at about number three, about right then, Daniel. Yeah, I'd say so. I think compared to what is number one and number two, I think it's. I think, so we've got, I think also when you, when you when you bear in mind, it's probably the best links course in like in the southeast, and most of the members live in the southeast. So I'm sure it's got lots and lots of votes as well. I understand that. And the top two, I don't think are going to surprise anybody. What maybe the surprise or the topic of debate is the placing of the two of them. So. In no particular order, the top two are the old course at St Andrews and Sunningdale Old. Cad, what you actually you know, don't you? I was going to ask you what you thought each one was, but you know what it is. Um, how close was it, Daniel, before we reveal which is which? How close was it? What were the kind of metrics making up the two of them? Where were the votes coming from? And any other interesting info before I reveal number one and number two? Yeah, it wasn't close at all. Um, oh, a- yes. There was an, you know, a solid 70-point gap between number one and number two. Uh, number one had 35 picks, number two had 33. So there's kind of no excuse there for, you know, why it would be. Um, yeah. How I mean, much do you think? How much do you think the personality and the sheer drawing power of James Allen had to do with this? Um, I think he did actually participate. Um, I, you know, I, I think he put. St Andrew's old as his number one, um, Daddy. And, and his number really? two, and number three, Shut and number four, and number five, and number six. <laughs> no, 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 no. He puts St <laughs> Andrew's old course on a Sunday, St Andrew's old course on the Monday, not St Andrew's old course on the Tuesday. No, so that, was old that, was his 20th, that was his twentieth. pick. Um, <laughs> um, no, it was. Uh, I, you know, it was when I was doing the list. It was it was not surprising that these two were going to be in the top two. Um, it was just a matter of which way round they were going to be uh, for a time. The one that is second uh, was, was first by a long shot. And then people realized that the other course existed and that kind of shot up to the top. Um, so was, was that I, one I, of the I, things I, that people came in and asked to change their picks because they'd forgotten about it or something? No, it was, it was just that I don't, I don't know who had, 
the people who had initially put their picks in um probably just just haven't played it um and um and then you know later on it was it was quite it was quite surprising actually that when I was doing the list how far down the top course was um when I was collating it I think it was you know 40th or 50th down the list in terms of number of courses before it came in for the first time so um but the um yeah but there was a but there was a strong bias as to why that was because of the people who were contributing the first couple of things and where they're where they're located. So um, so yeah, I will I'll leave it to you, Gary. To, to I, I'm, and were those two way above the third place? Yeah, yeah, so we had hundred and hundred thirty points. Yeah. So yeah, Royal Royal Saint George's was four hundred and eleven total points. Sunningdale Old at number two was 543 points and then St Andrew's old course was in at 613 points so if, if we're looking from maybe number four all the way down to number 12 the gap's like 100 or so and then the gap between uh, number three and number one is 200 so it's by far and away uh, the top two St Andrew's old and Sunningdale probably not to the shock of anybody but um, I think there will be some pretty spirited debate in the group over the differences between Sunningdale Old and St Andrews Old. Um, were they the ones who had the most number ones from people then? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the fact that they both were in the, they were, you know, except for Royal Porth Call, they were, they were the only ones that were in the 30s for the number of picks. So they were basically breaking nearly 50% of the, of the total kind of cohort. Um yeah, most people uh, kind of voted them either one, two, or the contrarians who were voting something dealt new is better than old, put it down as fourth or fifth. Um, That's grand. That's 100% grand. <laughs> um, Absolute nonsense. Sunning, Sunning, Sunningdale and, and uh, well, the, the two of them, yeah, they were, there was no one who put these courses below the top 10 from from my kind of, who, who, who did put mm-hmm. them in. Um, so, you know, there was no one who was putting like St. Andrew's, old as 20th and you know i don't know royston is number one um so, <laughs> i mean i mean it's just a fact of the matter you know <laughs> um I, I don't really see much utility to kind of going into too much depth in sunning the old and st andrew's old but when we've done podcasts in the past had sunning the old and st andrew's old have always been people's number one and two in the flop five anyway so that's um about as obvious as it was going to be uh, and I don't think there's anything that we can really say to add to what people know about St Andrews and Sunningdale um, I think Crawford you did something in the first heat St Andrews is something but I, I don't think that's worth going into uh, again for the one millionth time uh, although it was still my favourite ever moment on a golf course I, I, think um, we should, I think we should focus more on what I did on was it the 13th hole where I parred the hole without hitting a single golf shot you you part you no 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 you part the hole and you hit three golf shots but every one of those golf shots came off the very bottom of the club. <laughs> you topped the tee shot. You topped the putt. You topped the tee shot. You thinned an iron. You thinned another iron, and then you topped a putt into the hole from twenty odd feet. Absolutely <laughs> that, nonsense. That's that's standard golf, Gary. That's that's, that's how I play. <laughs> Absolute nonsense, right? Do you know what, Daniel? Um, this has been absolutely brilliant. The, the fact that you've taken the time and the effort to put this list together, it's a fantastic list. The website looks amazing. 
Um, I'm just sitting looking at it just now, the full detailed view of the top 100 list, all the total points, the picks. If you're listening just now, we will have released, hopefully, this list by the time that you hear this and you can go on and run through all of this and argue about it to your heart's content in the group. Um, just to quickly recap, I'll just give you the top 10 again. Turnberry Ilsa, Castle Stewart, Royal St. Ports, Royal Dornock, Sunningdale New, North Berwick, Royal Port Call. Royal St George's, Sunningdale Old and St Andrews. Uh, and just to clarify, Grant, that is the old course at St Andrews. It's number one. Um, Daniel, was there anything else that came up? Anything else that you wanted to discuss or talk about you know, in relation to the list, the votes, the people that were voting, the demographic, that sort of thing, before we kind of wrap things up? No, just to say that if you do jump onto the, the website when you have a look. There's there's a whole raft of stuff on there for you to have a look at. We did ask you, obviously, for your wildcard picks as well. Shout out, Gary, who never got back to me about that. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? Mine's, mine's my, I've not got a wildcard. <laughs> <laughs> because mine would probably have been uh, Anstruther, but I actually had that in my top 20 anyway. And then other than that, I just couldn't really think of anything that kind of deserved that status. So I did see Anstruther got a shout out in somebody else's wild card. Let's look at them yeah. actually. Um I forgot about the wild card, so let's actually just open them up and we'll see uh, some of the wild cards. As you say, Daniel, that um, there weren't very many wild cards that were repeated, most of them were one offs. That's cool. Yeah, mostly one offs. There was only two, uh, only five of them, Bamborough Castle, Blackwell, Royal Blackheath, Royston, Sunningdale Heath, that were voted twice. But yeah. apart from that, they were all voted only once, which I think shows the uniqueness of the flock and how, you know, um, yeah. how they get around and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, we even have the St. Andrews, you know, putting course, Himalaya putting course. <laughs> oh, that's so, an amazing shoot. So, yeah. yeah. What what I need to do is do a quick mea culpa here because I said uh, Grant Hutton's favourite course was Ladybank. It's not as Kinghorn, and that is in the um, wild card. So I'm guessing that's come from him. Um, we've got just a few of the other notable ones: uh, London Scottish Wimbledon Common. I watched a very good EAL video on that recently. I, I didn't know anything about it, and it's super interesting. Uh, we've got Kilspindy. We've got Scottish Wise. We've got Durness, uh, Eyemouth. Forfar, Glen, Goldspeak, Call, Anstruther, uh, Abroth, Barra, um, all of these, I suppose these will all be ones that would rank up high in people's personal lists, but they're so out of the way. I, I doubt many people have been anywhere near them. And then we've got things like Royston, as you say, Daniel, Sunningdale Heath, Barnborough Castle, Braid Hills, Blackmoor, Beaverbrook. Um, you can tell I'm reading these in alphabetical order here, all the way yeah. down to uh, Sherwood Forest, Seaton Crew, uh, and Shures Hill. So again, there's a big list of about 100 of these wildcard picks as well, which are all really good fun. And do you know what? You could actually make a, a pretty good like little um, to playlist of that of, if you wanted to go around the country and play a lot of off-the-beaten-track courses and a lot of quirky courses yeah. uh, of that sure. bad boy. Um, I, picked, um, no, I, I picked Kington. That's one of the ones that I did. Kington was my wildcard. I loved it. So, But this has been... Yeah, super, super interesting, Daniel. The fact that you've you've kind of taken the time to not only build the website, put this list together, be patient enough to take in everybody's picks and then their second picks and third picks and then chase people up by direct message who don't reply to you. I, me, apologies. I'm in quite a few WhatsApp groups. Uh, it's been absolutely brilliant talking through them with you as well. Um, other than that, Crawford, have you got anything you would like to add on the Flock Top 100 list before we move on and wrap things up? Uh, no, we're good. I think it's been kind of it's, it's definitely an interesting exercise. And what's been nice about it is that 
it is different to a lot of other top 100s. Like most top 100s, it's the same, it's the same kind of um, suspects over time. Whereas this is a bit different, and I think it does reflect where we play and where we enjoy playing. I mean, it's brilliant. You know, so I'm hoping. Crawford, that the, the podcast is a bit more of a regular thing going forward. We might have some rotating hosts. Uh, shout out Ryan Kane, Ben Swanton Bomb. Um, maybe in a couple of weeks or maybe next week we'll come back and we'll look ahead to 2022. For all of our new members, we'll take a look at what's coming up, what you can get involved in, how to do that. Um, and then maybe we'll look at some of our goals for 2022 as well, some of the things that we want to achieve in the game of golf as well. Um, obviously, this podcast, I mean, what I was thinking earlier, Crawford, is there are 100,000 golf podcasts where people talk about golf and what's happening in the golf world, and they do it far better than we ever could. So this podcast is very purely for the flock. It's about the flock. It's for the flock. Don't care about anybody else listening to it. Don't care about it going mainstream. Don't care about it making the uh, the charts again like it did the first time <laughs> for that yeah, glorious so one day. Um, so, yeah, we want to make this podcast for the flock, not only for the flock in the UK for all the guys in Ireland and hopefully our friends over in America as well. Obviously, we are kind of inspired and started off by the, the fantastic work that the No Laying Up podcast do and everybody at the Refuge and the Nest. Um, and now things look like they're getting very exciting there with the Roosts as well. Um, so if, if there's anything we can do in terms of tying in with that, I feel that we've built at this side of things a pretty amazing community uh, as well in the last couple of years. So, you know, I'm very excited for the year ahead. And yeah, that's something that I want to talk about in the next few weeks, Crawford. Yeah, absolutely. So um, well, next week when we get Matt on um, and he can talk about what's coming up this year, but he can also explain things about the Roos because he's been dealing with that within LU. I don't really have a clue. Um, I think what's, there are some people who who listen to the podcast who are in RACDG chapters in America. And I, one of the things that I think I'm really keen to do as we start to come out of covid and as we all start to move around the world a little bit more is to start you know having a bit more contact between the different chapters so we've got a few people from who are american some of the guys from new york um uh and uh and sort of um other parts of america that are coming over to scotland this year are coming over to the uk who are beginning to contact us and say look can i you know jump into your whatsapp groups in the scotland and in the island groups and then kind of get into the chat to kind of arrange some casual meetings now they're over and, and hopefully as time goes on we'll start being able to do that whenever we go over to the states go to new york or go to california whatever go to meet people over there so i'm keen to get some of the american people involved in the podcast do you know, and do you know who listens to this people in do you know who listens to this? Who? Cody. Out and only not. He listens to this. Does he? Aye. Message me saying I listen to it. So shout out Cody. Um, good, good to hear you again. Um, but no, feedback, guys. Uh, obviously, we asked for a lot of feedback in the podcast before we brought it back. Very much taking that on board and hope that you found this to be uh, much more palatable on the side of bullshit and nonsense uh, and be a bit more kind of uh, golf-based and interesting. Well, well I've managed but, to keep the innuendos out for an hour and a half. With, We've, uh, keep it out for an hour and a half there you go there's a, there's a wee bonus one for you um, but yeah I mean keep the, keep the feedback coming guys we do like also in all seriousness appreciate it to take it on board because we want to just make this as entertaining as possible for you guys and we want to make it like almost like a kind of notice board for what's happening in the RACDG week by week or month by month where you can dip in listen and have an idea of what's happening so uh, do you know get your feedback if you've made it this far uh, across to us in any of the WhatsApp chats and we really appreciate you listening but other than that I'm just going to say once again Daniel, amazing work. Thank you so much for doing that and thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy happy to have done it. It's a, yeah, a great list. And I'm sure we'll get you on some other time uh, to talk about one of your 
and other projects down the link as we've got plenty going on. Producer Mark, once again, thank you very much uh, for coming on and sitting so patiently over the last hour and a half or so. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Yes, there he is. We've got him on. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. And uh, Crawford, thank you very much for... Uh, Reading it in for 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I would I would normally say thank you to you too, Gary, but I don't think I'll bother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's brilliant, guys. Uh, as I said, if you enjoyed it, do let us know. Do tune in next time. We'll be back again very soon. Uh, but for now, you can all fuck off.